and running KCOU 88.1 Start Your Sunday. The last Start Your Sunday in the month of January. Today is January 31st, 2021. I got the date messed up on the first Start Your Sunday. And speaking of the first Start Your Sunday of this month, I'm joined by the host of KCOU Meta Sports, Jacob Circus. <laughs> Joining me, Garrett Page, not feeling so well today. Filling in Jake Circus. When, when, resident of Los Angeles, California. When we say this was last minute. I called Jake about 20 minutes ago. It was last, last minute. Harrison, Harrison was lucky I was awake. I don't think Jake Circus has woken up before 10 a.m. Since like. Since 24 hours ago. Yeah. Oh, right? uh, yesterday, actually. Jake. Two, two days in a row. So it's we, it's a shocker. Had, and We had that you know, streak going. We have a pretty loaded show today in our first show where there will be no football directly an hour after our show. No, no Pro Bowl today. If you want, unless it's virtual. Well, but I we do have to watch on Madden. That's we do have plenty of plenty of big news in the sport. We'll talk about some trades. Jake Circus will have a lot of expert insight on the Senior Bowl. We'll talk about the coaching hires. Do a little bit of Super Bowl preview before the huge preview next week. But let's start with the biggest trade of the NFL offseason so far. The first trade of the NFL offseason so far. One of the biggest trades I can really remember this early in. It's not even the Super Bowl yet, and we already have a trade. This trade obviously will not be official until March 17th, the start of the new league year. But Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff are flipping. Jared Goff is heading to Detroit. Matthew Stafford is heading to Los Angeles. A third-round pick to Detroit, two first-round picks to Detroit, and a massive haul for the Lions. And for the Rams, they get they get a quarterback. Uh, Jake, I'll let you give your thoughts first. So this, this news broke. So... It was broken earlier in the day that Stafford was definitely going to get traded. That was that was that was pretty much that was that was, that was the consensus over the weekend that Stafford was going to get moved. Um, but that was fast. Like there was uh, rumors of the the Niners involved, uh, the Broncos were involved, Panthers were involved, football team was involved. So like there were the teams that were giving pretty high bids. But when the Rams come in with a, a young quarterback, but more specifically two first round picks and a third round pick this year. That's that's pretty much a, a very desirable haul for the Lions. Now, I think both teams went in a certain direction. I don't agree with either of the directions the teams went. Let me explain. So the, the Lions, both teams had a goal. They, I think they achieved that goal in this trade, but I don't necessarily agree with it. For the Lions, they're trying to rebuild, and doing that, they have now five first-round picks in the next three years. Certainly enough ammo to either trade up for Deshaun Watson or, tra- or trade for Deshaun Watson or trade up in the draft and get Zach Wilson. I think they should. I think they should and will do one of them. I was on the record as early as 20 minutes after the trade to say, I don't think Jared Goff plays a single game with the Detroit Lions. Really? That would that would be shocking to hear. I I am confident saying the Rams won this trade. We can't pretend like Matthew Stafford is this old quarterback with nothing really left and he's 32 years old. I don't think I think he'll be 33. Next year's his 33 season. Okay, so next year he'll be 33. I think that you he know, turns 33 in uh, 8 days. Really? Happy, almost an early happy birthday to Matthew Stafford. I think that the the Rams improved on their weakest position on their offense. You agree with that? Jared um, Goff was the the weakness of the Rams offense. Scaled, yeah. Like they, like they have some positions on the interior get, line, but I th- yeah. I think Stafford but over quarterback, quarterback is so for the for the Lions, yes, they're rebuilding. They get first round picks, but for the Rams, they did upgrade at the quarterback position, and and I think a lot of people are are going to get confused on this because oh, they upgraded at quarterback, meaning, yeah, that, that, meaning now they're the Super Bowl team. 
the sun will rise in the west before Matthew Stafford wins two <laughs> games in January. Let's let, you let, let's leave. I, he and was I playing for a Stafford. franchise who had been to no, one. I, I get that. I NFC get championship that. in but, but 100 for, years. I get that. But for 8 to 10 years, getting over the hump for the Lions was to drag them to the playoffs with a very non, uh, a not good roster. Getting over the hump for the Rams is winning a Super Bowl because they got there in 2018. So Stafford comes And back. what happened in that Super Bowl? They scored three points. What happened? What did Jared Goff do in that Super right. Bowl? So, he was awful. So now getting over the hump for the Rams is not just to make the playoffs. The expectations are there. And I don't think Stafford can not, can win two, three playoff games in January. Does, does, that's the goal. They have to get over that hump. You also play in a tough division with Russell Wilson and young Kyler right. Murray and whoever's the starting quarterback of the 49ers next year, if it's Jimmy Garoppolo right. or Deshaun Watson or whoever. The Rams upgraded a quarterback. They were a playoff team last year with Jared Goff. They were a playoff team in spite of Jared Goff. Jared Goff's numbers were not great last season. Matthew Stafford is the all-time leading passer for yards, touchdowns, completions in the history of the Detroit Lions franchise. He's the best player other than Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson in that franchise's history. I think that, you know, the Rams are one of the teams to be in the NFC next year. For, so I think Stafford is the most underappreciated quarterback of our generation. He, he's not but a, he's I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that he's the most underrated quarterback because— Underappreciated. Yes, underappreciated, not underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So— Actually, it's funny. Him and Jared Goff are very similar. When Jared Goff was coming out, he was getting some Stafford comps. But um, and I don't do comps, but like he, he was getting some, some Stafford comparisons. Matthew Stafford is, is going to come into Los Angeles and be what they wanted Jared Goff to be. He's not going to be this 105, 110 passer rating guy. He's not going to throw for 300 yards a game. But he's going to be efficient, and he's going to, and he's going to throw the ball deep to Robert Woods, to Josh Reynolds, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup. He's going to be their cannon, and he still has a great arm at, at 33. The last two seasons were the best two two seasons in a row he's had in his career. He almost threw for he, he was on pace to throw for 5,000 yards in 2019 before he got injured half, halfway through the year. Last year, he played all 16 games, had almost a 100 pass rating for the first time in his career, averaged about 260 yards per game, 26 touchdowns, 10 picks. Good year for Stafford without his best receiver. Kenny Galladay was injured. One more thing before we move to the Lions' perspective. The contract of Stafford, you know, he's still locked up. But the Rams' draft picks, the Rams haven't had a first-round draft pick since they took Jared Goff in the first round of the 2016 NFL draft. They won't won't have a first-round draft pick this year because it goes to Jacksonville. Their first-round pick next year and the year after goes to Detroit. This isn't a young team, to say the least, other than, like, Cam Akers. Cooper no. Cup is maybe still like 25, 26. This isn't a young roster. Is this a shot, a less need? Is this a sign that less need sees an urgency to win now? And I tweeted this yesterday. This is the when you mix the, the pressure of Los Angeles sports with having a football team. This, this, this is what we get. We, we get these ill-advised, bonkers trades where you overpay for a guy who's, who, who's not past his prime but kind of – at the tail end of his prime, this this is what we get when you mix the pressure of Los Angeles with having a, a football team and, and and how football transactions, football trades work. You sign Nadama Kungsu in in your first year of being competitive. You trade for for, for Jalen Ramsey. You sign Andrew with Marcus um, Peters. Ma- Marcus, oh, I forgot about Marcus Peters. Even though is he still there, he's still there, right? No, no he's in Baltimore. Brandon yeah. Cooks, guys like that. Yeah, like 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 they they have been the most active team in the NFL for for four years running. Since they, they came to Los Angeles, and 
needingly so, or else people in LA, and I'm from LA, people in LA, in LA, in LA get pissed. All 15 Rams fans that exist in that city will get pissed uh, if if they're not a competitive football team. And they're going to be that. I don't think they're going to be a championship team. But yeah, I think that not picking in the first round for eight years is not a formula to win. I don't think it's crazy to say that Les Snead and the Los Angeles Rams are a poorly run organization. I, I, I wouldn't I say poorly run because they've gotten to a Super Bowl. They've won the NFC West a couple times. They've been competitive really every year they've been to Los Angeles, except for last year they were, I think, 9-7 and seven and missed the playoffs, and that was the 2019 season. This year they won a road playoff game starting a guy named John Wolford. Speaking of Wolford, is Stafford going to take his number? Wolford's a legend. He's undefeated <laughs> as a starter, 2-0. and we're, we're number 9? You know, Matthew Stafford, is he is he deserving of John Wolford's number? Yes, Matthew um, Stafford going has, on. has donned the number nine. I, I wouldn't say it's, the Rams are a poorly run organization because they've made a Super Bowl, they've won the division a couple times, and they've been competitive every year since Sean McVay and has been there. And I think they're going to continue to get better because Stafford is an upgrade over golf. Now back to golf. Golf is going to Detroit along with a first-round picks, two, and then a third-round pick this year, next yeah. year. They're going to pick this year, two first-round picks, the next two years. Jared Goff's four-year, $134 million contract does not kick in. Well, it starts kicking in this year. It has not kicked in yet. There's not an out for another two years. And even then, it's still like $40 million. So what does this mean for the future of Jared Goff's career? Because I think that Jared Goff's on his way to a Carson Palmer-like career. You know, no, Carson, no. You think Carson Palmer's better than Jared Goff? Outside of an injury, Carson Palmer was a top-10 Quarterback in football. Yeah, but golf, golf's. I feel. I still think golf's a good quarterback. He's just not gonna lead you there. He's in that that range. That Carson Palmer. That you know, maybe like maybe not quite Philip Rivers, but Carson Palmer took a team that won 25, 30 games in an entire decade and had them winning the division in his third year. That is true. But so where did where does Jared Goff go from here? So because it, you don't think he's gonna play a game with the Lions, which I think is. Crazy to think about. It's, it's really funny to me because, well, we'll get to that, but it's really funny to me because everyone says, oh, this is this is what Stafford got or this is what Stafford warranted. So now what's Deshaun Watson worth? No. That this haul is this not— This is all because of the contract. This haul is not what Matthew Stafford is warranted for a trade. This is what it took to get rid of Jared Goff's contract, ladies and gentlemen. Like, trust me, this, this is all about Jared Goff's contract. I don't know why the Lions sacrificed maybe an extra first-round pick to take this on. I would have accepted a first and a third for for Stafford with with no golf, period. Like even if that first came in 2022 or even 2023, because Stafford was 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 going out, whichever whichever quarterback they drafted, and I still think that, I still think that they're going to draft one. Whichever one they're going to draft is going to be pretty much oh just a one for one swap hand, uh, between him and and Matthew Stafford. So. But but Jared Goff's still really young, so he's only like twenty six. Yeah, and look, he's on the four year contract. I don't think he's, he, he's shown good signs. Yeah, you know, in in twenty eighteen he had a great year. He was a top ten quarterback that year. But Sean, Sean year, McVay, all these weapons, getting to the Super Bowl, the good defense. He hasn't he hasn't been that since he was pretty bad in twenty nineteen, very bad in twenty twenty. It, it it just hasn't been there for a Jared Goff. I still think he's one of the most. He he still throws probably the one of the best deep balls in the league, but the IQ isn't necessarily there. The short to midfield accuracy isn't there, and 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 we've seen over the last couple of years how important that is in the NFL. I think he'll be fine for whatever team he plays for. I, I just don't think that's gonna be the Lions. 
I, 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 don't th- I believe how, he'll start I, next season for the Detroit Lions. Maybe he'll start, but I think they dra- they get another quarterback this year. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if after all this they're gonna take a quarterback. Because at, because why? So you're picking at seven. You you know have. I don't think they're gonna take. A quarterback. You know you're rebuilding with Jared Goff. Weirdly enough, that that's your rebuilding quarterback on a 154 million. But he's contract. still fairly young. But I don't like. But, I don't think they're gonna have Jared Goff to this contract. Not to play him, but I don't like paying. I don't think they're going to pay Jared no. Goff for the next two years. Not to play him. That's all. That's, all, that's why I think he doesn't. He doesn't play for them. So, but, but then who's going to take on this contract? The Lions I, would have I, to give up these first round picks they just got. No, I wouldn't say that. I think someone will take it on. Um, but it's it's so weird to me because I don't like these rebuilding teams taking on these these big contracts because when teams rebuild. They they normally cut these veterans and yeah eat up a bunch of salary, but they still save some salary too. And now eating up a contract that hasn't even started yet, I I don't like where the, where the the Lions went went this way. I agree with it because they now have five first round picks in three years. Now for the Rams, I I see where they're going. They're trying to get over that hump. Stafford's not that quarterback to, to get them over the hump, unfortunately. Yep. So and it's a very weird. One more trade. thing about the Lions: they just hired uh, Dan Campbell as their head coach. He was the interim coach for the Miami Dolphins for a season. I think he went, I guess, five and ten, four and three and five and seven, something below five hundred. I think he won five games. And then he was the tight ends coach for the Saints the last four years, and now he's back, being a head coach. And you know, he's setting the tone early, trading Stafford, bringing in draft picks, and we'll see where he goes from here. I think I don't think the Lions are going to be very good this year. I think Kenny Galladay is going to leave. I'm not sure He's the deal agent, with Marvin. Right? Yep, yeah, I'm not sure the deal with Marvin Jones. That's defense is not very talented, other than guys like uh, Trey Flowers and they got Jeff Okuda. Uh, Lions. I'll tell you what, if they stay at seven and they get Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith or or Jamar Chase, so actually Jamar Chase is perfect for them because he. he I think so also because he's gonna replace Kenny Galladay as that X receiver. Um, if well, they 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 need so much that they 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 need just take best best receiver real, but. If they get one of those three receivers, you pair that with Devontae Smith. Taylor Decker still plays really good left tackle uh, when he's healthy. TJ Hawkinson and then Jared Goff. Could be a competitive team for a wild for one of the wild card spots, possibly. Because Detroit. No, well, but not they wild were, card this they year. They were awful but, in the first, but, but, but first half of this season. They were in the hunt. The first Lions? half of the season. Yeah, they're always in the hunt normally in, in the first couple first couple games. Um, but but yeah, so give him these weapons, maybe even draft one at, in the third or fourth round. Build up that pass rush because this is this team's basically restarting. They they have their franchise corner. Um, that they, they have, and they just had Anthony Lynn as their offensive coordinator. So, and and I don't. I actually like that. I I like when you hire like Jason Garrett. I, I like the hire, and I think he, he did a good job. He did at, at offensive coordinator. Um, who are the guys who who came in? Pat Shermer um, with Denver. <laughs> uh, that was the no, first but, one that came to my mind. But but there's a bunch. Gary Kubiak, offensive coordinator for, and he, he he's yeah. retired. But Gary Kubiak for Minnesota, um, they were one of the best offenses in the league last year. So like 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 these are good hires. Anthony Lynn is not a and, and I see this all the time. Former head coaches who didn't work out as head coaches, they didn't work out as head coaches because they're not leaders of 52 men. But they can lead and they can call plays for 11 men. So. Like because it's the reason they come up working working with the tight ends, working with running backs, working with receivers. Is Zach Taylor a leader of fifty two men? No, no. But but Zach Taylor might be a great offensive coordinator for New England in the next three years. All right. So you think the quarterback carousel is over after this, or is it just going? No, started? we are just. I am, getting so I'm going to I'm going to rapid fire some quarterback names for you. Just spitball where they're going to be playing next year. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo, New England. Deshaun Watson, San Francisco. Jared Goff, 
Oh, boy. Uh, n- not Detroit. Sam Darnold. Uh, Pittsburgh. Carson Wentz. Indianapolis. No, Philly. Philly. Daniel Jones. Giants. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Green Bay. Um, John Wolford. <laughs> um, serious I question. don't care. The Rams. This, this, I'm actually the Rams. dead serious when I have to say this next person. Taylor Heineke. We talked about this. I think it's Taylor crazy. Taylor Heineke starting week one for the Washington football team. I don't, I don't agree with it, but I don't see them going out, make, getting Dak Prescott. They're too far down in the draft to get Trey Lance. Uh, I, I, Trey Lance will not get past 15 if, if, if New England's there. Um, Trey Lance is not getting past New England. They're, they're at 17 right now. Though. 15. Fo- no, football team, football team. Uh, 17. I think it's either Mac Jones... Maybe. <sighs> Guy goes on a huge rain out Mac Jones after just hearing Taylor Heineke's name. <laughs> I think it's either Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Taylor Heineke starting week one. Okay. A um, couple more. Dak Prescott. Oh, Dallas. He's staying. Dr- if, if, if Dallas doesn't re-sign Dak Prescott, I'm going to take your line. They should be relegated to the AAF. Drew Locke. Denver. He's, he has one more year. Derek Carr. Oakland, one more year. Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, also, one thing about Oakland. Vegas. Him, Vegas, sorry. I do it all the time with, with Mike on Meta. He hates it. Um, Carr and Gurdon have one more year. This is their last year. Roethlisberger. Pittsburgh, one more year. Andy Dalton. <laughs> uh, he's a free agent, though. Interesting. Yep. Um, Cincinnati. I, I'd like to see him come back and back up Joe Burrow. I think, I think that's it. I think I, we went through them. Cam Newton. Oh, I don't care. Uh, I was thinking uh, the um, Saskatchewan. Uh, I forget the team. Their name. But Canada. I, so, so, so I think Wentz starts for Philly. Okay. Um, Indianapolis. I said Darnold. Right. I think yeah. I said Darnold. You said a lot of teams. That, they, Darnold to Indianapolis would be interesting. I think that uh, I'd I'd like to see Eason compete with him because I think if Darnold comes into a new system, he a fresh oh, start. Oh, uh, I forgot one. Mitch Trubisky. So he is a free agent. He is. Um, the Bears are way too far down to get a quarterback. They made the playoffs. I don't know. That's so stupid of them. Um, <laughs> I could see them drafting like Kyle Trask or Mac Jones. But Trubisky, Trubisky might be interesting for, for San Francisco because I, I think when you get him under center. I could see him being a backup. Oh, there's also one more I have to go through. No, uh, no. Mitch Trubisky could start for San Francisco. Uh, I think Mitch Trubisky, like Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. But Mitch Trubisky can do what what Jimmy Garoppolo did. So I have one more. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's not. Uh, Jameis Winston probably will compete for the starting job, so he'll resign. One year deal. I would say exactly uh, the same. But I think they get Mac Jones. So I think the room for in New England in, in New Orleans will be Mac Jones and Jameis Winston, and that will be a a one of the most highlighted competitions. To replace Drew Brees, we've seen in a while. Should be a wild NFL offseason when it comes to the quarterback position. Let's segue to something that's right up Jake Sirks' alley. The, mo- the day he waits for the entire year. The Senior Bowl. The Reese's Senior Bowl from Mobile, Alabama. Mobile. One of Jake Sirkis's favorite states in the world for many, many reasons. The national team beat the American 27-24. Kellen Mond, the most valuable player of the Senior Bowl. 13 of 25, 173 yards, two touchdowns. Felipe Franks had a good game for the national team. 122 yards and a touchdown. Michael Carter from University of North Carolina. Oh, he's 60 rushing yards and a touchdown. Um, Fitzpatrick from Louisville. I remember watching him. Had some good games this year. Six catches, 90 yards. 
Yeah. Um, you were in watching the practice film all week for uh, the Right Way Sports Network. You were, you know, interviewing coaches, players. You watched the game yesterday, reported for it. What did you see? Let's let's do let's break this up in a couple segments. What players shot up your draft board yesterday? So when when we do the Senior Bowl, there's a ton of drills that are just highlighted. Like the one on ones are great when it's offensive linemen versus defensive linemen, and then it's wide receivers versus corners, and sometimes safeties. There, there were a couple safeties that played corner in one-on-ones this year. Now, it's super hard for offensive linemen in one-on-ones to, to, to really m- make sense because they don't have any, any help. And so it, it's, just, it's just them. So it's them versus defensive linemen pass rushing on an island. So the, the offensive linemen don't have any help. And the defensive lineman uh, doesn't have to worry about defending the run. So he can just go full out, rush the passer. So it's really a drill to see these defensive linemen's spin moves, swim moves, their, their pass rushing moves at full display. But some of these offensive linemen really, really impressed, like, like they normally do. I'll start with uh, Cincinnati's James Hudson, kind of a third or fourth round guy. Uh, he declared for the draft after a really good season with Cincinnati. He was the guy who got ejected from the game, the Georgia game, for the targeting on the sideline. Yep. Uh, he was the guy who got ejected, and and Cincinnati was not the same team after that game. He was really, really impressive all week. Uh, I think he's a second-round talent now. Now, the, the senior bowl is interesting to me, or to everyone, because... You really shouldn't have this this much this many people rising at draft boards like multiple rounds because it is just a week of practice. It is just a game that yeah it's at full speed, but only three to four days to it's it's basic installs. It's it's basic offenses. The 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 defenses can't play specific coverages. They can't have more than seven in the box. So it's really hard to, to really rise these guys multiple rounds but let's talk about uh, some more offensive linemen Dylan Raddins from North Dakota State came in as a pretty highly regarded prospect left tackle from North Dakota State he was Trey Lance's blocker for a couple years at NDSU has never lost a game in his in his career hasn't lost I think since sophomore year of high school yep and that's you know he's a winner he has that pedigree but he came into this week with a huge chip on his shoulder saying look I competed in division two and now I'm uh, beating Patrick Jones, who's going to go top 50. I'm uh, um, beating Shaka Tony, who's going to go top 60 in, in one-on-ones. And, and he had a couple of really, really good reps. And he was probably the best offensive lineman there. And that's including three from Alabama. I think Dylan Rodden's had the best weekend of any offensive lineman outside of the guy I'm talking about right now. Wisconsin Whitewater Division Three interior lineman Quinn Miners. Now, Big guy. Now, this guy is literally my king. Uh, I want to be a part of his fan club. He, I don't think he lost a rep all week. And he, he Where heard, was he before? So where was he on the draft board before the Senior Bowl? Oh, I'd never heard of him up until Sunday. But And where uh, is he now? He's going to go on day, on day two. Okay. I, that's, that's pretty wild for a Division because, three player. Uh, so I would compare it last year to Ben Barch from St. John's, also Division two. No, Division three. sorry. St. John's, Division three. He came in this week or into in last year. No one knew about him, and he was probably the best offensive lineman there at the end of the week. He went at the top of the fourth round to Jacksonville right after the Bengals took uh, Akeem Davis Gator, I believe. So, yeah, so these guys who come in have really good weeks with chips on their shoulders. Teams are going to overdraft them, but Quinn Miners is really, really good. 
he can pass block, he can run block, and he was really impressive. But let's talk about what everyone came here for. Some of these wide receivers. Now, this is it was, there were many outstanding wide receivers in this year's senior world. Guys like Cornell Powell from uh, Clemson, Amari Rogers, Clemson. Uh, from uh, the, I mentioned the man from Louisville, Fitzpatrick. And he, uh, Frank Fitzpat- Darby. Fitzpatrick won uh, offensive MVP of the game last last uh, yesterday. Frank Darby from Arizona State had a good game. Uh, break break down the receivers. I think this receiver class is better than last year's. And really? if you ask me right now to rank the receivers as prospects coming into the draft. But these weren't even the top guys. We're not talking about. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. Because, well, last year there were so many great receivers at the Senior Bowl, but we were still talking about Jefferson. We were still talking about J- Judy. We were, still, we were still talking about Lamb. We were still talking about uh, of Ruggs. So this year, these receivers at the Senior Bowl, no one's going to go first round. Well, Smith was there, but he didn't do anything. He's, and what, he, Kadarius he, Tony didn't do much. Um, Kadarius Tony, well, oh, Tony, oh, sorry, I forgot about Tony. Uh, Tony is a top five receiver. He's my wide receiver five right now. But if you ask me to rank, as prospects, the best receivers from the last two years, from the last two years, uh, Judy, Lamb, Ruggs, Jefferson, Smith, Waddle, and Chase. I would, I would rank them. That There's seven of them. I would rank them Smith, Chase, Waddle. I hope those at home are taking notes. Jake Kirkus, giving a lot of information. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's, let's talk about the receivers. Okay, okay, okay. I was going to segue to quarterbacks, yeah. but keep going with okay, the receivers. Uh, well, well, there's a lot of them quarterbacks. But, yes, Frank Darby showed out this week from Arizona State. Nico Collins had probably— University of Michigan. —the most— the the biggest the, the most to prove for a receiver when it's all scaled uh, he was borderline top ten early to mid day two coming into this week uh, he had a phenomenal week probably the best wide receiver performance outside of maybe Kadarius Tony or Des Fitzpatrick who won MVP of the game yesterday uh, so Nico Collins is well in my top ten Tylen Wallace uh, a, another borderline top ten guy from Oklahoma State and. Had a brutal ACL injury a couple of years ago. It really has really played his way back into that great wide receiver conversation. Had a good week. Uh, two of my guys, Cade Johnson from South Dakota State. I felt like every time he was on the field in practice, the defensive back, like he made him fall down. Like he, he's a really good route runner. He has the potential to be a true NFL slot receiver. Good week from him. Dwayne Eskridge showing off some some you know short. Wide receiver skills, great ball skills, great route runner. He's from Western Michigan. Uh, and then my other guy, Josh Palmer, who caught a touchdown pass yesterday from Tennessee. Uh, you're a big fan of Josh Palmer, per your Twitter. Per, per my Twitter, we are a Josh Palmer and Cade Johnson Twitter account now. Love both those guys' performances. Josh Palmer has some serious, serious skills, so watch out for him early on day three of the draft. Smith was there. He didn't do much. He just met with the Dolphins, yeah. which was smart. He, I would be shocked if Miami Dolphins don't draft him at number three overall. This is Devontae Smith, wide receiver for Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, it it makes the most sense uh, to pair with Devontae Parker, who's more of an X receiver. Smith, obviously, is Z. Um, so, yeah, and I think Tua— So, t- this whole Tua thing is really forced because he— this is his first full season of football since his junior year, since his sophomore year of college, and well, because he got hurt. Well, right. So, like, like he he, he, he played still, for most of the season. He, he was hurt. still getting back into the swing of things, and yeah, he wasn't great, but he had a couple of good games, made a lot of good throws. But now I think the clock might be ticking because all these these rumors are heating up, and it's really like you can get a great quarterback if you really really want to. So it, it's not like they're they're stuck with Tua. 
But I think you get the weapons for Tua and say, here, here you go, Tua. Here's all these weapons. We're going to draft a running back. I think they're going to draft either Javante Williams or Travis Etienne in the second round. I think they're going to get one of those two. They have a ton of extra uh, yeah, the Dolphins are two picks. Bill O'Brien gave them the multitude of picks. Yeah. That, no, that led me tons of trade. But, but here you go, Tua. They, they bolstered up the offensive line last year in the draft. And I was gonna Austin ask, Jackson from USC. I was going to ask Brian Flores about that, but I, I didn't. I, I uh, next, time ne- next time I'll ask him about that. But, uh, yeah, Austin Jackson, who I did not like coming out of college, coming out of USC, but he was decent last year. Uh, they got uh, Robert Hunt from Louisiana, yep. who I thought would had a really good year. So they, they bolstered up their offensive line the first two days of the draft and now it's looking at weapons. Now it's going to be able to run back. You know, can't run Miles Gaskin and Matt Breed and guys like that consistently need, you know, a lead back of Tiana or Najee Harris yes. or one of those guys. So I think if you go, okay, he, he, here you go, Tua. Here's your weapons. And if Tua, if, if Tua doesn't work like this, then he'll probably never work. Because Tua did have some bad games this year. He had some all right games. Didn't have yeah. any spectacular games, but he had bad games, including the last one against the Buffalo Bills in Week 17 when the playoffs was on the line for Miami. Uh, let's rank the five quarterbacks who played yesterday. So we had Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, had a very good game, the MVP of the game. Jamie Newman, who did not play college football all season long, was a great quarterback at Wake Forest, transferred to Georgia, then surprisingly opted out. We had Felipe Franks, the former University of Florida quarterback, had a tough broken leg injury at Florida, transferred to Arkansas, had a good game last year, good season last year. Ian Book, one of the all-time leading quarterbacks in the history of Notre Dame football, led them to the college football playoff twice. And also Sam Ellinger from the University of Texas. Rank those five. (laughs) Um, Something funny? So I asked... Kellen Mond after the game uh, on, on his draft status. And he's like, I know I'm not super high on people's boards, but I think everything will fall into place and work itself out. And I was like, what the hell does that even mean? Like, you, the last two MVPs of the Senior Bowl have each gone number six overall, Daniel Jones and Justin Herbert. Now, Kellen Mond's not going six overall. If but, Kellen Mond goes sixth overall, I would be surprised. But, but Kellen Mond has been a really interesting quarterback for his entire college career. It seems like every year we give up on him, and then he just has a really good year. Like he led them to what eleven and one season, and a two. And a, uh, they also, yeah, eleven ten and well, one. They, ten they, and they one. won the bowl game. Yeah, they beat North Carolina. Yeah, they they, they came covered. back. They came back in the second half and stopped. <laughs> we we both lost on that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, like like I I don't know what that means, but. I would probably put him at one. I would go Ian Book at two. I, I kind of like Ian Book. I think he, he, he's a modern-day quarterback because he's so good at escaping the pocket and extending plays. Now, he holds the ball too long. He is not great at making NFL reads, but he's not going to take stupid sacks. And that's what Jamie Newman did yesterday. That's what he did uh, uh, pretty much all week. He held the ball too long. He made dumb throws. Jamie Newman had a really bad week. Well, that's what happens when you don't play football for he was literally a year and a half. Super rusty, and Matt Rule. Well, said what did you the expect? Game. Did you? But, but this. But he needed this, and Jamie Newman lost so much money because he. I think Jamie Newman's play. a sixth or seventh round pick. Yeah, he. That's where he's gonna go, because he wastes. He he lost so much money. If he would have went to the draft last year, where do you think he would have gone? Fourth, fifth round. Which is a lot better than what he would already have. A, like a lot more money and a NFL experience. He would have probably gone. Before Fromm. Fromm was a fifth rounder, I believe. Fifth or fourth. That's tough. That's, that's tough to say. But but J.B. Newman should have played for Georgia. He should have played the season. And, and look, Matt Rule said, I, I asked Matt Rule about how he's going to judge. I asked, I talked to Matt Rule a lot. I, Jake Matt, and Matt Rule are BFFs. Matt, Matt Rule is a good dude. He, he, he gave me a lot of stuff this week. 
But Matt Rule talked about these guys transferring or these guys opting out. He's like, oh, look, I am not here to judge a prospect on on opting out or not. Like, because he compared it to kind of like transferring where hey, you sit out of here and that's okay. So he's like, people react to this pandemic in a bunch of different ways. I'm not going to judge anyone how they react to this pandemic and, 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 and the decisions that they make in response to it, which is fine. I mean, I don't disagree with that. But Jamie Newman, like, for his draft stake, with everything, like, I get maybe it was for his family, for his girlfriend, for his sister, who's high risk. I, I don't know. But for his draft stock, he should have played. I think he should have gone and, to the NFL draft. And it hurt him. No. he No. A full season with Georgia, that guy would have went 9-10-2. and 10 and two. So just like what Georgia did this season without him. But 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 JT Daniels raised his draft stock. JT Daniels might be the top five quarterback next well, year. Well, next year's quarterback class isn't strong. Neither is this year's. This there's, there could be six but, quarterbacks to go in the first round this year. But no, Kyle Trask will not go in the first round. There's, there's Kyle Trask will interview and tra- with teams, and, and Trey Lance is going to fall. Um, I would hope. I hope so. I would right now. Mac Jones goes before Trey Lance. That's my that's Bold my prediction my, on the table. Take. But I don't think I, I think it's interesting, but. It's not as good as last year's. Last year's guys had three quarterbacks who I think are going to be perennial all pros. Yep. Uh, great senior bowl insight from Jake Circus. We're going to take a quick break, come back, talk about some coaching hires, and a little bit of Super Bowl preview. Listen to Start Your Sunday on KCOU 88.1 FM. Hey, this is Brian. And Mikey. And Pat from Weezer. And you're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Columbia. Preferred Walk-Ons, Mizzou's most insightful sports talk from your favorite bench warmers, is now available to listen anytime, anywhere. After every Friday's show with Ben Krakow, Chase Phillips, and Garrett Jones, we post a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor Podcast app, and anywhere else you get podcasts. We're also on Twitter, at KCOU Walk-Ons. End your week with Preferred Walk-Ons, a part of KCOU Sports, and now streaming. Missouri Tigers football and men's and women's basketball on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU Sports is brought to you by El Rancho. Located at 1014 East Broadway, El Rancho provides themselves in serving up fresh and authentic Mexican food. To look at their menu and learn more, go to www.columbiamomexicanfood.com. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Welcome back to Start Your Sunday on KCU 88.1. Harrison Vapnik alongside Jake Circus from KCU Metasports. You can hear him on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central. 8 p.m. Central. 8 p.m. Central. Jake Circus, Micah Wright. Yeah. 
not Malik Wright, Micah Wright, on KCU Meta Sports. Had some good talks about the Senior Bowl, talked about Matt Stafford trade. Let's talk about these coaching hires. We haven't really had time here. Previewing so many playoff games, college football bowl games. We haven't really had time on Start Your Sunday to break down these bowl games. So let's start. Or break down these coaching hires. Bowl games. <laughs> bowl, I miss the bowl game. Bowl season's the best. Bowl season's the best. Not, not this. This year Well, was... this year's a weird bowl season, but that's for a different story. Let's. I'm going to go through a bunch of coaching hires. You're going to tell me your thoughts briefly. I'll tell you my thoughts. Actually, I'll go first. All right, it's your show. Okay. Uh, Jacksonville hiring Urban Meyer. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to grade the hire. A, B, C, D, E. Oh, my God. A, B, C, D, F. What am I doing? Uh, I would give this... A, B, C, D, D. I would give this a C. Because Urban Meyer is an X Factor. He has never coached in the pros before. I know Jacksonville had to make a splash. Mm-hmm. And this is a big splash, you know, from our favorite movie, Draft Day. You got to make a splash, Sonny. That's what... People pay to get wet. People... <laughs> A, a, interest, a good hire from Jackson, or an interesting hire from Jacksonville State, at least. A splash, definitely. Urban Meyer has not coached football in a year, and Urban Meyer's never really been used to losing. And But he's also never done really drafting players and bringing in free agents because he's, for the last 10 years since University of Florida became a really good team, he's been used to getting all the best recruits, picking out all the best recruits. And now he actually has to draft and sign free agents. I'm not sure how this is going to work. It's definitely the most intriguing hire of all of them. What do you think of Urban Meyer? Grade the Urban Meyer hiring. I would say a C as well, okay. but for maybe a different reason. So I don't necessarily agree with the fact of, uh, oh, he's never, you know, s- scouted talent before. Because Urban Meyer has an eye for talent. He, he's Him and his staff were, were, were always widely regarded as, as the best recruiters. I think people are going to want to play for him. But, they, but him in the NFL seems really, really weird. Look, yeah, they wanted to make a splash because people pay to get wet. Uh, as uh, as what was, what was the owner saying? Oh, is the guy from the from Black not Black from, Panther from the Pink Panther? Uh, from Draft It. What was the owner's name? Oh damn! You look it up. Um, it's go on. It's super. It's super weird. Like I think yes, Urban Meyer's a winner, but he's gonna lose a couple games. This this was this was done to sell tickets. This was done because this was their guy. Molina, Molina, Anthony, Anthony Molina, Anthony Molina. There we go. Yes, I, I, I got it. I, I was racing to you because you were looking it up. <laughs> Th- this was their guy. Like, like they wanted Urban Meyer right when the coaching, the coaching carousel began, and and they got their guy. They maybe a little tampering here and there. But, uh, probably, uh, probably some tampering. On uh, Shad Khan is at the owner of Jacksonville on his boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are rumors about that. But I went, uh, fun fact: once saw Shad Khan pull up to TIA Bank Stadium in his little minivan. <laughs> <laughs> right before a Jacksonville New England game. <laughs> That's what the stadium's called, TIA Bank Stadium. Yeah. Damn. Was that the New England game where they they when Blake Bortles threw for four hundred yards? Yep. Yeah, I picked Jacksonville plus two in that game. I think it's locked. Smart year. pick, smart pick. Go, go on with Urban Meyer. It's it's so hard to analyze this because we don't know what what Urban Meyer is gonna bring. Like he's gonna bring. I I, I don't know. I I just don't like it. I I really don't like this hire, but. I think he'll win some games. I think I think the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise has never been so more intriguing than it is now because they have their one pick, right? Where Trevor Lawrence will, and then Boltler we would picks assume too. Boltler a lot picks, of draft Boltler picks they got cap. from the Rams and some other trades, and you know Yannick Ngakwe. Yep, they got the Yannick. second round pick from him, and they're listening. I'm not going to say Jacksonville is must see TV, but well, they definitely been, has some intrigue. They've been so bad at drafting, like like like, uh, like legitimately really like really bad. Cam, CJ, Cam, CJ Cam Henderson Robinson. is all right. Um, I just think Henderson's all right. 
the defensive back from Florida. I didn't even like that pick. He was really bad at his senior, his uh, his junior year on film. He, he declined. They have some good. They they struck gold with James Robinson. Yeah, but that's lucky. I mean, that's a running back. Like running backs don't count. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but but look, Lawrence has a couple of good receivers. They're they're gonna Conley, draft another one. DJ Two Chark, good rookies. DJ Westbrook. Chenault. And Hoffert uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, Colin Johnson from Texas, hook him horns. But <laughs> Harrison is not doing the hook him. Oh, he's doing horns down now. Oh. But I think they're going to get one more one more weapon, maybe a tight end. And imagine they, like, re- rebuild the Imagine defense. they traded up and got Kyle Pitts. Yeah. That team would be dangerous. That'd be cool. Okay, well, uh, next coaching hire. You're going to say this man is a leader of men. The new head coach of the New York Jets, Robert Sala. A plus. A plus. Hey, no, no question. This is, he is a, to quote Jake Circus, the leader of men. He's not the splash hire completely, but he is a, a strong guy, literally and figuratively. He is, he is just someone you want to play for. And, you know, he is the polar opposite of Adam Gase. He's loud. He's energetic. He's That's... all over. He is the complete opposite of what the Jets had the last two years. I think as someone who does not, like the Jets very much. I think this is an awesome hire. I'm curious to see what he's going to do with the roster. I am a big fan of Robert Sala, and I think that he. I think this is going to work. I really think the Jets haven't won a playoff game in 11 years. I think he could lead them to that first time. They're on the right track, but it's it's really. It's, it's about who they draft and what they do at the quarterback position. They have, a, they have a ton of cap. If Robert Sala comes in and sticks with Sam Darnold, I'll be disappointed because I think they're going to hire who did they hire an OC yet. I don't th- oh yes, they did. Um, the, for the Niners. Oh guy. yeah, Niners, um, Mike McDaniel. Mike, no, 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 sorry, Lafleur, other guy. Lafleur, Lafleur. Other guy. Yes, Mike McDaniel's now. Matt, and Mike I like McDa- and and I told you this. The only reason Mike McDaniel is staying because he's going to be head coach next year. He's going to be head coach next, either next year or the year after that. So um, this was an A plus. Like like you said, you per- you said it perfectly. This was a complete 180 from the Adam Gase hire. The Adam Gase came in strictly to. Develop Sam Darnold. Like, that was why he came in, not to win playoff games, because here at Adam Gase, here is our young quarterback. Help us help him win. Um, and he didn't win. And, and, he, didn't help and him. he didn't win. He, like, ruined Sam Darnold's career. But he came in in, in what was supposed to be Sam Darnold's pop year. And I say, this, I say this all the time with quarterbacks in their second years. This is their year to, to pop. And Sam Darnold didn't. Baker Mayfield did. Almost. No. Baker Mayfield didn't. Baker Mayfield popped this year. Uh, Third year. Jo- Josh Allen. Pop this year. Pop this year. But Sam Darnold, Lamar did. Lamar, of course, did last. That like he popped last year, but Sam Darnold didn't, and it was all on Adam Gase. So they hired the right head coach because Adam Gase was bad as a head coach in Miami. He, he won went a, seven and nine, he, and then he, got hired as a head coach. He won a Super Bowl with Denver as an offensive coordinator. He, I don't think he was an no, quarterback coach. Yes, he was the OC for Denver. Yes, he was. I don't think he was on that Super Bowl team though. I think he was here before. He was here. He was on the Super Bowl team. Look it up. Look it up. Um, but he came in as the quarterback's whisperer. And that was the only reason he got he got a job in Miami to say here help us with Ryan Tannehill. He didn't he Ryan he Tannehill was, he was the OC on the team that lost in the Super Bowl by forty. Is that what you meant? Or the team that won the Super Bowl. Who was the OC for the team that won the Super Bowl? Not Adam Gase. There wasn't there wasn't twenty thirteen. Adam Gase was the offense coordinator for the Bears and they went like five and ten that five and eleven that year. Oh yeah. Or six yeah. and ten. They were bad that year. Six and ten. Yes. Yes. It was it was funny. <laughs> the six and ten Miami Dolphins hired six six and ten. Adam Gase. Adam Gase. Well, he was so. the offensive coordinator, so definitely made sense. They went to the playoffs in his like second year, or first year, but still a bad hire. But it was it's a complete 180. This this was the right hire. It, he's the the right guy, and I love this. Atlanta Falcons. Well, hire I'll, I'll say one more thing. Well, one more thing about Urban Meyer. Who's he getting hire as OC? We don't know yet. Maybe Tom, Tom Herman. Herman. Maybe Tom Herman. 
Fist bump. And uh, then <laughs> and then for the Jets, the only thing about Salah is that his first year. Richard as, Richard Sherman's coming. That would be cool, but he's yeah, he's thirty three. The first year uh, in Salah's tenure at San Francisco, they were the worst defense in football. They were the worst defense in football in twenty seventeen, and then they got a guy named Nick Bosa, and they built their defense. So do you think they'll draft a defensive um, player? So that's the, that's but no, that's the one thing is his defense wasn't good until they 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 got these players, but it was his first year. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't judge how he does this season on his first year. As Jake Circus cannot find his mask. Uh, Atlanta Falcons hire Arthur Smith, the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. Smith was calling the plays when the Titans went to the offensive AFC championship last year. Uh, one of the most complete offenses in the league led by their run game. The only problem is the Atlanta Falcons do not have a running back with two healthy knees. Other than <laughs> Edo Smith and Brian Hill. Shot at Todd Gurley. They have the fourth. It's okay. Oh, I can't Fourth pick word. in this year's draft. Irreparable. Irreparable. I- irreparable nerve damage in his knee. There you go. Uh, I think this is a, a B hire. I'm not going to make too much of it just because, you know, I'm a f- Titans offense has been good, not like spectacular. It's not like historic offense, like Eric Bieniemy's Kansas City Chiefs. But it's. Uh, no, Andy Reid's Kansas City Chiefs. It's a B hire. I, I, wouldn't, I won't know until I see it. Uh, I'll give it a B minus. I would say it's a B if, I, if they were just completely lost. Against Baltimore, and that part of that's on on Arthur Smith. He he, he couldn't figure out Baltimore's defense. Uh, he couldn't adjust to the mistakes they made against Baltimore the first time, and they kind of won. But that game should have went to overtime. Um, but uh, I'd say B minus. But I'm a fan of when teams get their guy, and Arthur Smith was the Atlanta Falcons guy. So I'll give it. I don't love the hire because look, he's not gonna. Re- resurrect Matt Ryan's career. He's not going to make Calvin Ridley a top five receiver. He's not going to develop Russell Gage. He he's going to bring physical offense to the O line, and, and I think he'll bring good, good, uh, some good run game coordinators in. And, and in that aspect, but I d- I'm not sure exactly what he does for Atlanta because yeah, they, because, because, no they, because right they've been a vertical passing scheme for uh, forever with Kyle with Kyle Shanahan. Um, Steve Sarkeesian. Especially, especially Steve Sarkeesian. And what, it was Dirk Cutter this year, I believe? Yeah. So. I don't know. It, 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 it's it's, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Okay, uh, next one. Los Angeles Chargers hire Brandon Staley, defense coordinator for the Rams. I give it a D. I'm not a fan of this hire at all. Took- the only thing I like about it is he brought in Joe Lombardi, who was Saints quarterback's coach for the last, like, six years, who's, like, really good. Uh, As OC I- or quarterback's coach? OC. Okay. Uh, they have a pass game coordinator. And a quarterbacks coach named Shane Day. Shane Day uh, was the uh, quarterbacks coach for the Niners the last two years. Wait, so they? Okay, so the chart? No, no, the Chargers' current quarterbacks coach is like the best in the league. Um, I forgot his name. Shane Day. No, their current one. Well, Pep, he, they, Pep they, Hamilton. Well, he's fired. So Pep Hamilton. Okay, so that's bad. I don't like that. Well, he's Pep Hamilton now. is the best quarterbacks coach. Frank Smith is the run game coordinator. He was with uh, the Raiders for the last three seasons. I can't explain oh, that. Oh, the Texans hired him. Pep Hamilton? Deshaun Watson. Okay. That would. Pep Hamilton is regarded as one of the best quarterbacks coaches in the league. He joined the Chargers in 2020. Let's, let's talk, let's talk uh, Brandon Staley, though. I, okay. I don't like the hire. I think you need a. So. I think you need an offensive guy for Joe Herbert. Justin Herbert. Justin okay. Herbert. Um, you don't, you're not wrong. Joe Herbert. But the whole thing about 
only hire offensive coaches because if you don't, then your offensive coordinator position will be a revolving door for 10 years. I hate that argument. I think it's one of the worst arguments in, in terms of, of coaching in the NFL. Hire the best guy for the job. Now, Brian Dayball was the best guy for the job. He made the most sense. But Brandon Saley revamped a Rams defense that otherwise, outside of Donald Ramsey and John Johnson— <laughs> Had just didn't have much talent. They lost Marcus Peters. They uh, yeah. they. they no, it's uh, not that the defense wasn't Corey. bad. They lost their it's best just linebacker. Like you can judge it off one season. Is how you're hiring Brandon Staley. I just it doesn't make sense. This guy. Well, this guy must have just blew them away in the interviews. And if they didn't want to hire Brian Dable, I could argue Brandon Staley was the second best guy for the job. So I would give it a B. Interesting. Uh, Detroit Lions hiring Dan Campbell as you would describe as a leader of men. You go first. I want to hear your thoughts. Weird. Oh, well, I need to agree. Weird. B. B. B minus. Uh, I've heard good things about this guy. I have talked. I've to seen. People. I've heard good things. No, I, saw no, no, five, no. I saw him go five and seven as an interim coach. That was a while ago. Um, I've talked to people who are sort of close with Dan Campbell, oh. and I, I've heard nothing but good things about this guy. I'm still not sold, but it's the Lions, and with the Lions, you have to do different things. You have to change. The narrative. I think they should have hired Jim Caldwell back. <laughs> uh, Jim Caldwell got fired about two years too early, but he wasn't the right guy for the job either. But was Matt Patricia the right guy for the job? No, Matt Patricia was not. You know what? When I was at the Senior Bowl last year, hot take: Matt Patricia is gonna like be good with New England for the next couple years and like get head coaching interviews again. I promise <laughs> you. I promise you, Matt Patricia will get another head coaching interview. Uh, so Matt Patricia, mm, I don't. Sticking with Detroit. No, no, no. I know. I know. I don't hate the sire. I don't hate it. I, I'm intrigued. I'm giving it a D. I think you're better off hiring our friend David Campbell better than Dan Campbell. Uh, I just I, I saw him coach in Miami. He was bad. He they, they didn't play for him. It was like I know they went five and seven. Like yeah, if Detroit goes in, I don't know five and eleven, eight, eight and eight, six and ten in that range. Like what was it all for? Like but, like I know he's, they're trying to change the culture in there, but like but every year there's there's this guy who comes out of left field. And this year well, I don't think that was him. I'm about to, the well, guy I'm about to bring up next is the guy from left field. Not just left field, he's in the, the bleachers. <laughs> well, which one? There's Texas and the Eagles. Both ones. Oh, well, I was going to do the Eagles. Let's do the Eagles. Nick Sirani. Did I say that right? I don't know. They, had, they hired the wrong guy from Indianapolis. I had no idea who this guy was. I, Jake, I know everybody. I have never heard of this guy in my life. Me neither. I, I know, I'm normally pretty good, too. Um... But they hired the wrong they assistant the only, coach from Indianapolis. They were the only team that interviewed him. They were the only of the seven vacancies. They were the only team that interviewed him. I'm going to give it a C because I just I don't know. I, yeah, the Colts offense. The, grade. the Colts offense, like, were they good? They were efficient. They were like solid. Like, is it was it this guy you know leading the charge? Like, isn't Frank Reich calling the plays anyways? I, yeah, I mean, I would assume I so. Just, I don't get it. He's 39 years old. They say he's the next young offensive guru. He's been a wide receivers coach for the Colts, Chargers, and Chiefs. He's worked with Frank Reich exclu- extensively. I don't know. I He's unproven. But, like, so is Sean McVay. So is Kyle Shanahan. So is Matt LaFleur. So is Zach Taylor. Oh. I would, Zach Taylor's proved something, all right. But it's proved that we're going to be talking about the Bengals open higher next year. Uh, thoughts on Nick Sirianni? They hired the wrong One day, like, defensive. we're going to pull up this audio and, like, Nick Sirianni like, leads the Eagles to, like, the Super Bowl. Actually, the Eagles never won the Super Bowl. It's a, it's a joke. But, like, we're going to be saying, like, this. Like, we're going to pull up this audio and be like, what were we saying? But, 
Sirani was with Reich for... Actually, he was ever with... Oh, he was with Reich and Casey. It was yeah. With, with Reich and Andy Reid and Casey. So he comes from that tree, and he's another Andy Reid guy to get a job before Eric Bieniemy. Say what you want about that. Jacksonville hired an offensive coordinator, by the way. But they, go on. Who they hire? Darren Bavell. Darren, like, Daryl, Daryl Bavell. Daryl Bevel, the the uh, yeah, I'm thinking. Oh, the Darren Rovell. Um, who did he, he was the interim for Detroit? Okay, and he was with Seattle, and I think they like lost the Super Bowl to New England. Okay, does he have any relation to Urban Meyer? Probably not. I never heard about that. Interesting. Well, Anyways, um, yeah, so he, he comes from that tree. I, I'm interested to see this, but I think they hired the wrong, the the second best coordinator on the Indianapolis staff because Eberflus. He, we, we, we both he, like Everfluss. He was getting... Well, I told you about Everfluss on our drive to Indianapolis. Yep. Um, but I but, but he was getting coaching interviews, and then this guy comes out of left field and gets the job. Okay. Um, last head coaching hire, the Houston Texans. Hired yet another person I've never heard of. David Culley. He was the wide receivers coach for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2014. When they had, when they ze- had zero <laughs> wide receivers catch a touchdown. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good sign. He was the pass game coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens the last couple of years, despite the Ravens having the worst passing offense in the league. How about this, though? He was a quarterback's coach when the Buffalo Bills drafted Josh Allen, and he was the worst quarterback in football. If David Coley makes it two years, I would be shocked. But I can't blame it's Houston. It's an F. Blame. Yeah, it no, ha- no one wants that job. No one wants the job. No one wants the job. And it's really, it's really unfortunate because... If Houston goes 0-16 next year, would you be shocked? If they have Deshaun Watson. If they don't have Deshaun Watson. No, they're going 0-16. And their the quarterback is, I don't know, A.J. McCarron. Jared Goff. Ring the bell. Uh, final thoughts on coaching hires. That's, that's where Jared Goff's going. Jared Goff will lead the Houston Texans to three wins next year. Okay, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Jake Sergis, uh joining us, KCAU Metasports host. You're listening to Story of Sunday. Give me your Super Bowl prediction right now. Tampa. I've been with them the whole year. Score. 27-24. MVP. Uh, Tristan Wirfs. No, Tom Brady. Uh, coin toss. Heads. Color Gatorade. Red because Tampa. There we go. We will hear my prediction for this rule next Sunday. We will hear Jared Pave's prediction for this rule next Sunday. Thank you for joining us on Start Your Sunday. Alongside Jake Circus. I'm Harrison Vavling. Have a great day. I hope And time. we will see you next time. Next Sunday for the most important edition of Start Your Sunday. Start Your Super Bowl Sunday a week from today. (laughs) See you guys. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.